0: W-R-K-N, Picayune, New Orleans. Good evening, and welcome to All Access on 106.1 FM, Nash Icon, at nashfm1061.com, presented by crescentcitysports.com, the best sports site in Louisiana. All Access is also presented by the Allstate Sugar Bowl, representing the best of amateur athletics, and by Francesca Bicati's, serving up St. Louis-style food with a New Orleans flair. All access is also brought to you by Lamarck Ford and Lamarck Lincoln in Kenner, by Bergeron Automotive in Metairie, by Lifegate Church in Mandeville and Metairie, by Premier Automotive throughout the New Orleans area, John Curtis Christian School in River Ridge, by Life Resources Ministries with outreaches throughout the New Orleans area, and by the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl. It's your chance to talk intelligent sports, all sports, all the time. To join in the conversation, call 504-260-1061. Now here's your host, Cumulus, New Orleans Sports Director, Ken Trahan of CrescentCitySports.com, the Saints Hall of Fame Museum, and the Kenner Star.
1: And a pleasant good evening and welcome to another edition of All Access, the Wednesday night edition here on 106.1 FM, Nash Icon. We're on the web at NashFM1061.com. Tune in app anywhere in the world via iHeart. Check it out. You can get us via Alexa. Just tell her to play WRKN or play NASH ICOM 1061-FM, and you got it. You can email me at Ken at CrescentCitySports.com. Podcast of the show available through CrescentCitySports.com. Following the show, or you can call in at 504-260-1061. That's 260-1061. Saints injuries, we'll get into that. Alvin Kamara back at practice, but limited, but... A whole bunch of others not practicing, including Taysom Hill, both starting tackles, Teron Armstead and Ryan Ramchick. We'll also touch on the Pelicans. They get underway at 6.30 against the Heat in Miami. And we'll talk to award-winning Hall of Fame sports writer Dan Shaughnessy later in the hour. Dan's got a book out that is as good as you'll ever read. You need to check it out. Wish It Lasted Forever, the story. Of the Larry Bird Celtics. We'll talk with Dan Shaughnessy about that and other sports topics later in the hour. 2601061 to join us. Pardon the hoarseness and cold, but we're getting better every day, right? Joining us now is a guy that can sound hoarse anytime he wants to, or any other way, for that matter, from WAFB in Baton Rouge, Jacques Doucet. Jacques, it's always a pleasure. How are you?
2: Kenny, great to be with you, man.
1: Well, listen. I mean, Paul Maneri gets a Hall of Fame honor, so you can still keep the impersonation alive. He's still in the news, man.
2: You know, Kenny, you've been bragging all about this Jay Johnson, but remember, you know, I won a few ball games too. Now,
1: there you go. There you go. <laughs> Speaking of Jay Johnson, before we get into the football coaching search, so far, so good. Very well received. Pretty good looking team, too, right?
2: Yeah, I was, I was driving home the other day on a Sunday. I was off that day and there were all these cars outside Ellick Box Stadium. Uh, I think I was coming back from a road trip or something from LSU football, uh, from Alabama and, uh, big crowds out to see these exhibition, uh, baseball games in the fall, which I think is a great idea. I think fans like it. They, the weather's good and everything. And, uh, Jay Johnson hasn't coached the game yet, but all indications from, you know, former players and, uh, just people around the program think that he's going to be a, uh, you know, part of the fun, a home run hire. I think uh, fans are very excited about the players he's brought in and what he's inheriting. I mean, Paul Maneri did recruit some very good players, uh, the Trey Morgans of the world and whatnot, Dylan Cruz. Uh, I think it's just a matter of them maybe getting a little more pitching, but uh, it's going to be here before you know it, you know. I think uh, I think baseball season, the first game is less than 90, 90 days away or something like that. So it'll be here very soon.
1: Women's basketball. I guess they're not going to win a national championship just yet, right?
2: Yeah, they got. Uh, I think Kim Mulkey uh, said that she, you know, she inherited the schedule, and she said that she would not have scheduled, uh, you know, Florida Gulf Coast. So they lost the uh, first loss of the Kim Mulkey uh, era at LSU. I think they're going to be highly improved. I, I mean, it, it's very early in the year, but I would guess that they're going to make the NCAA tournament and maybe win a game or two. Uh, down the road, and uh, tomorrow they got a very interesting game. Uh, they're they're going to have an in-state road game. They're going to go to U, uh, UL Lafayette and play a game in the Cajun Dome uh, tomorrow night uh, against uh, the Cajuns, and, and Gary Broadhead has done a very good job. When I was growing up in Lafayette, women's basketball was a joke. I mean, they were winning one or two games a year. Sometimes. So they've gotten a lot better, so that would be interesting. But, uh, but, yeah, Kim Mulkey... Uh, Uh, Some some growing pains uh, in in year one, but the way she's recruiting and everything, wouldn't be surprised to be a Final Four in the next
1: several years. Mm -hmm. It's been the Darius Days show for men basketball thus far.
2: Yeah, he's really lighting it up. and um, I guess it's rare to get a quality college basketball player to stick around for four years. I, I remember him being on that Sweet 16 team. Um, that won those two games in Jacksonville against Yale and North Carolina State. And he was, uh, uh, he, he would come in and hit some outside shots. And then last year, I thought we saw more of his game where he would get in the inside, kind of do some dirty work, rebounding and whatnot. But uh, off to a, a tremendous start. And I think Will Wade the other day said he, he, he's going to be a candidate for SEC Player of the Year. So a lot of excitement early on for, uh, for uh, LSU basketball for a Monday night game at 6 o'clock. Uh, The other night against Liberty, uh, students are really coming out. 1,500, 2,000 students a game, and they're making a lot of noise. And, you know, 9,000 paid or or, or so forth is really good for LSU basketball this early in the year. So I think they're going to have a a real exciting year. And I think February 4th, or excuse me, January 4th, I think is the day that uh, Dale Brown Court will officially be named uh, when the Tigers host Kentucky in uh, their first SEC home game.
1: Want to get into the football coaching search extensively, but first, talk about the football team itself. And they haven't quit. I mean, they've played hard the last few weeks. Uh, it's just been kind of a microcosm of who they are. They they can't block quite well enough, whether it's in the run game or pass game. Receivers can't get enough separation. Of course, they change quarterbacks, and that was a mixed bag. And whatever it takes to. To not win, that's what's happening. They are competing well. I think all of us were concerned about that once the move was made to announce in mid-season that Coach O'Geron wouldn't be back. Uh, but certainly they have competed hard.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, certainly that Florida game, everyone was expecting the worst an 11 a.m. kickoff, all these guys out. And uh, that was a surprise. Now, granted, the day after they, they named, they said that Coach O was going to be out at that very. Uh, Unusual press conference with Scott Woodward and Ed Ogeron on a Sunday night, and and LSU hasn't won a game since. But but to your point, um, the Ole Miss game, they never really were in. Well, they took an early lead, and and then Ole Miss kind of blew them out in the second half there. The Alabama game was, uh, you could say, their best performance of the year, although they they did not win. It was almost a 30-point spread. A lot of people were saying that 30 points, that's all. They're going to lose by 50. You know, and, and really, the defense has really played well the last couple of weeks, especially at Alabama, where they they gave LSU's offense all the chances in the world to win. And and really, you look at the LSU offense the last couple of weeks; they scored two touchdowns against Alabama. The first was set up on a on a fake punt that LSU pulled off perfectly. And then, you know, last week, fourteen possessions. I counted up against Arkansas, including one in overtime, and they only get one touchdown. So. Um, you know, Jake Peets has forgotten more football than we'll ever know, but he is just has not worked out as LSU's offensive coordinator, and it's not his fault, obviously. But he and Ed Ogeron, very similar to he and uh, Ed Ogeron and Matt Canada, it just seems like every game, every post-game press conference, Coach Ogeron saying he doesn't like what they're doing alternatively. And, and so, yeah, um, you know, we're running out of daylight, uh, you know, uh, literally in the afternoon. The season is running out of daylight, and, and the coaching search is running out of daylight here. So it's unfortunate that you look forward to LSU football all year and then you're kind of really limping to the finish line and, and folks are just kind of ready for the season to end and to get a new head coach.
1: Matt Johnson and Gary Nussmeyer are two different types of players. That's obvious. Johnson is all about accuracy and, you know, making a good decision. And some of that accuracy had waned and some of the good decision-making had waned, even though his numbers are pretty good. So they give the ball to Nussmeier. You can see the ability. He's got a stronger arm. He makes the ad-lib play for a touchdown, which was a brilliant play, and a few other good throws, but then makes mistakes as well. I would guess they're just going to give the ball to Nussmeyer the rest of the way just to find out what he can do.
2: Well, well Coach Owen Monday said that he felt uh, Nussmeyer had not beaten out um, Max Johnson, so I think they're going to start Max Johnson this game. Now – uh, when does Max come out? Uh, that'll, we'll have to see. You know, entering that, that last game against Arkansas, the, the, the idea was the two were going to split time and that right. really, really didn't happen. Max played two possessions and they punted both times and he was out, never came back in and then Nussmeier got the last, uh, 12 possessions. And there's been a lot of talk about, you know, Doug Nussmeier, his father, who I guess, you know, you covered with the Saints way back when, right? And, uh, yeah. And, and everything about whether or not uh, you know Garrett's going a red shirt or not, and and, and really mm-hmm. guys don't stick around four years in college ball these days anyway. So I think the whole wow. red shirt thing is a little bit overrated. But but uh, but yeah, I mean you're exactly right uh, in terms of what Garrett brings to the table. He's got the backyard kind of Johnny Manziel thing. He scrambles around. He fires into in the traffic. And um, you know, there's a lot. Of, I mean, it's easy to second guess after the fact, but there was a feeling that, well, Max Johnson could have won that game against Arkansas if they would have brought him back in, and then maybe Nussmeier was maybe more needed against Alabama to come in for a play or two when, when Max was just getting smashed back there and might have been a little woozy. So, um, so yeah, I don't, we'll, we'll see what happens this weekend. It shouldn't matter. And a 30-point favorite against U.L. Monroe, and, and really the play that, that was just you scratched your head against Arkansas was the Tyron Davis price direct snap play. That was, yep.
1: And, yep, changed and start,
2: the game. Yeah, that was a, was a few times. Sean Payton has kind of done something that when they, we, we, what do we say, got too cute. That was that was like one of those get too cute plays. There was no need for it, and it really changed the game, like you said.
1: Yeah, when Sean Payton does it, he has a quarterback taking that snap. Taysom Hill. Now, this is a different situation. I just don't get it, and I think that gets back to your point about Jake Peets because you're moving the ball very well. If LSU goes up by two scores in that game, it's over. They've won the game because their defense was playing that well. And they had so many chances to go up two scores, none better than that. Instead, you put a running back in, with all due respect, uh, the snap wasn't great, but it should have easily been handled, right? Not only is it not handled, but then he doesn't recover it. So that's it, ball game there. But that's what happens to mediocre to poor teams, and that's what LSU has turned out to be for the second straight year.
2: Yeah, I asked Coach Hill about the play after the game and I asked him about it again on Monday and I just kinda asked, Hey, did they work on this during the week? Did they feel confident in it? And he both times answered, Not enough. So <laughs> that was your that was your answer there. But uh, yeah, it it's just totally it was a self destruct button. Um Nussmeyer hit a seventeen yard pass, he hit an eighteen yard pass, he's warming up, he's getting in the rhythm, you take him out to run some play that you haven't run all year and it's just um just makes you scratch your head. Just kind of similar to the Auburn game this year, when I think they called fifteen pass plays in a row in the fourth quarter. Where yeah. I mean, even if you're not successfully running the ball, every now and then you just got to eat one and just you know take a one yard gain just to get those defensive linemen off the quarterback and prevent them from rushing. So you know, Jake Pete's is a bright young guy, but I think he was learning on the job this year, and uh, I think uh, coaches coaches in the coaches coaching world knew that Coach O was on the hot seat and that maybe prevented him from getting a more experienced play caller. Although Durante Jones, I think, is kind of coming into his own a little bit and doing a a good job on the defensive side.
1: Yeah, I I certainly agree with that part of it because they have gotten better as the season has progressed and they've blitzed more and they've had more success in the process. We're visiting with Jacques Doucet of WAFP. All right, so the coaching search. uh, You know, we see where Mel Tucker is about to become the highest-paid coach in the Big Ten Uh, That is obviously a reaction to the LSU rumors because Mel Tucker's had a really good year, but that's coming off of a 2-5 and season and being at Colorado where he didn't win. So clearly this was a reaction by Michigan State, uh, basically to LSU, I would imagine.
2: Yeah, Kenny, it, it really is crazy, isn't it? I mean, I don't want to call it lunacy, but this guy, this is his third year, Coach, He's gonna get what what's the report a 10-year deal worth 95 million dollars yeah uh, I'm not saying he's not a good coach I think he is a good coach and everything but man that is just that's just wild that that's the kind of stuff going on these days and you know to give coaches all this money and to give other coaches all this money to go away to be fired um you know I, uh, where's all this money coming from you know I guess they got the boosters and the people in place to do it but uh um, that that's, uh, I had heard over the weekend, and really it's been hard to get a lot of decent information on this. I think Scott Woodward has a very small circle of people, not much information is getting out on what they're thinking. But I kind of heard Jimbo told them no, Mel Tucker told them no, and Lincoln Riley gave them a wishy-washy no. So um that, that may or may not be where it is right now. Certainly Jimbo on Monday uh, kind of painted himself in the corner. I don't think there's any way he can kind of, could to be LSU's head coach after what he said this past week on I'd be I'd be an idiot or I'd be a dummy to go over there and, and try to coach against the guys I'm recruiting here. So um yeah Mel Tucker it looks like he's getting a long term deal. The Lincoln Riley talk was hot today and then Bruce Feldman kinda of shot those rumors down and said he does not think that uh Riley will leave Oklahoma. So uh where does that put LSU now if that's the case? Uh, uh Dave Miranda, does they does it fall to Billy Napier do, do, they, um, do they tolerate um, some of Lane Kiffin's behavior, even though they're kind of coming off a coach who kind of had his own behavior? Uh, it would be mm-hmm. fascinating to watch. I'm not sure.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, if you paid any attention to the Ole Miss-Texas and N game, you're probably saying, why would I want Jimbo Fisher? I'd prefer Lane Kiffin. You know, and Lane Kiffin brings a lot of baggage to the table, at least from a personal perspective, but he gets players to play for him. He has an offense that's clearly fun to watch and he would be one of those hires that would either be a grand slam or would be a double play one of the two i don't think there's (laughs) any in any in between with him and you know with the others i don't think mario cristobal is is really in it at this point even though you know he's been mentioned dave aranda i mean look scott woodward was all in on dave aranda's leaving as i recall correct me if i'm wrong and and i know you know obviously ed ozron said some things about him that were really not complimentary when he departed. He's a low key guy, but he has been here and he has had success with what he's done uh, as a defensive coordinator and at Baylor. So that does kind of bring you back to Billy Napier. And I, I mean, I just think the guy's intriguing as can be. This is a guy that coordinated an offense for Dabo Swinney. This is a guy that worked for Nick Saban. This is a guy that's gonna win double digit games for the third straight year, win a conference championship, and take his team to bowl games right down the road, getting good players. He's dynamic. He's young. He knows the area very well. I've said from day one, this guy should be a very serious candidate.
2: Yeah, I agree. I, I grew up in Lafayette and going to USL, and I, I used to go to those games in the late 80s with Brian Mitchell playing quarterback for them and um, and Nelson Stokely being the coach. And they, you know, they had a lot of years where they were 6-5, 7-4, whatever, but you know, you never dreamed that the raging Cajuns would be ranked in the top twenty-five. That was not. That, that was nowhere in the discussion. And he's done it pretty consistently there. And there are a lot more bowl games now than there were then. But he, he's in a bowl game every year. Um, you know, they're playing a lot more games on television. Um, I don't have one bad thing to say about Billy Napier, without a doubt. Um, and I hear that this is kind of Nick Saban's uh, uh, teacher's pet, so to speak, of the guys he's mentored over the years. He mm-hmm. understands the calendar. He, he understands day-to-day operations, organization, uh, all the details. And uh, he is not a huge personality. He's not going to get up to win a press conference, I don't think. But man, I just think the guy's a winner. Um, I think just the, the the debate is: does he need to go to a TCU first before he comes to a program the size of LSU? And there's always going to be that snottiness among among some LSU fans of we don't hire the head coach from the Raging Cajun. So, mm-hmm. but you know, that, that, do, do you look back on this decision and say, man, we should have hired that guy when he goes on to become a, a big time coach somewhere else because he's been approached by Auburn? South Carolina and Mississippi State, from what I understand, in recent years. So uh, he, he's going to rise up. It's just a matter of when.
1: Yeah, I don't know why he would take the TCU job. Uh, frankly, that's not a job where you're going to win big either. So mm-hmm. I, I just don't see that being what you'd want. This is the one he'd hold out for. This kind of has the feeling, and correct me if I'm wrong, of what of when Ed Ogeron got the job, which was you know the first guy said no, the second guy said no. And they kind of settled. It it kind of has that feeling again, right?
2: Yeah, I I think Joe Oliva, Kenny, uh, made a much more emotional decision. I I think it was kind of, you know, Jimbo, because of what happened in late 2015, he was kind of a candidate, but he kind of wasn't. I I think Jimbo probably felt burned by what happened at the end of 2015. I think he was definitely going to be the LSU head coach, you can think. Uh, President F. King Alexander and some others for for botching that at the finish line. And I say botch, you know, 2019 doesn't happen uh, without that. So we'll always have those memories. But, um, you know, and the the second time around in 2018, I think he was kind of mentioned, but not really. And then Tom Herman, you know, kind of played LSU. I think uh, Texas was always the job he wanted. And then Joel Levy gets mad and uh, apparently tells, Tom Herman, uh, you know, some very bad things on the telephone and then offers a job to, to Ogeron. So I think it was kind of an emotional decision, uh, at the time. And, uh, and so yeah, uh, uh, you know, that was a big gamble to, to give the guy, uh, you know, at Ogeron's record at Ole Miss was 10 and 25, I think overall. I think he was three and 21 in the SEC. And so, um, whoever gets the job, Kenny, the the LSU job will elevate that person. You know, uh, I think uh, Nick Saban was 34, 24 and one at Michigan State. Les mm-hmm. Miles was twenty eight and twenty one at Oklahoma. Uh, and as I said, Ogeron was ten and twenty five at Ole Miss. And all those, all three of those guys enjoyed uh, much more uh, higher ex- uh, success at LSU. So with the next guy, I think it'll be the same. Does Matt Campbell work in there? I don't know. Uh, mm-hmm. That's another name that's kind of floated
1: out there. Yeah, I've heard that too. Uh, it's pretty interesting with Kiffen because everybody's asked Fisher about it multiple times. People have asked Riley about it more than once. I haven't seen anything that Kiffin has said about this at all, or if anybody's really gone after him about this. Have you?
2: Well, the word, the word that I've heard from, from people is that Kiffin wants the job and he has campaigned for it kind of behind the scenes, and he and he definitely wants the job. I think Lane Kiffin, for guys like me and you, would be uh, a lot of fun to cover, right? I mean, he would be a big personality, and he would score a lot of points, and his offenses would be great, and he would mold quarterbacks and whatnot. And if LSU says, here you go, here's $2.5 go go out and get a big-time defensive coordinator to handle your defense, I think it could be a lot of fun, and I think he could win big. He's always just kind of bounced around. He's never really stayed at, at the same job for very long. Um, you know, it, it is modern times, so I think a head coach who's uh, on social media and does things on social media is not uh, always a bad thing. And, you know, he owned up to his popcorn comment before the Alabama game, made fun of mm-hmm. himself. I thought that was endearing to an, to an extent. So, Uh, And he's, I think he's mature to an extent. I mean, but still, there's some things that come with Lane and his personality. And, you know, just like Ogeron, you know, both of those guys kind of, they they try to stay on the right track, but every now and then, lovably or not, they kind of, you know, make some comments and do some things. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if he works in it. And and the fact that he's such good friends with that Ogeron. Um, you know, do you make that higher? And and you know, after Ed Ogeron, I'm sure Scott Wilber had to call Coach Owen at the principal's office a few times. (laughs) So, uh, does he want want that, or does he want maybe even a no nonsense guy like Bob Stoops of Kentucky, who you know is a good solid coach who's yeah, not going to doing that stuff? So,
1: yeah, well, look, I mean, you mentioned Stoops, I've mentioned him previously, and of course, Luke Fickle, I've mentioned him many times, (laughs) and the job he's done at Cincinnati has been remarkable. And an Ohio State guy. Not a Southern guy, but a guy that's done it and done it very, very well. Now, whether he'd want to leave that sector of the country, I have no idea. But to me, I would certainly explore that, too. Look, with the money they have to offer, the job they have to offer, they ought to be able to hire somebody really good. And, and I think what works against Kiffin is the fact that, aside from his personality, is that he's, he is like Ogeron. And like Ogeron, he's been the coach at Ole Miss. And... You know, he has jumped around, and I think maybe the thought process is we don't want a similar personality, we want somebody different, right?
2: Yeah, I I think that's kind of the thinking over the years, like in different hires. Like, you know, Nick Saban was just this relentless tyrant, and then when they hired Les Miles, this guy was more, a little more laid back, a little more, hey, families can have a little time away from football. This guy is not like this. Like I said, a relentless tyrant. You know, Smoke Lavelle was kind of low energy, kind of mm-hmm. eesh, whatever. You know, and then pulmonary was much more high energy and much more better with the media and much much more well spoken. You know, you kind of you, you, you kind of the previous hire. You go the opposite direction on some things sometimes. So, um so yeah, we'll we'll you know we'll we'll see about that. Uh, uh, you know, Luke Fickle is a. You know, big time coach. I think looking at his resume. I don't think he's ever left the the, the state of Ohio. So that might no. be one of those. Might one of those things? Well, that guy's never leaving Ohio. Just like well, mm-hmm. Ken Mulkey's never leaving Baylor. You know, it might be one yeah. of those things that Scott Woolward pulls off. I don't know. Um, you know, and it it, it it may be it may be funny. You know, we, we, it may be one of these things we've we talked about all these people, and it's somebody out of left field. You know, uh, Chris Ball has always kind of intrigued me a little bit just because it is. His, his background and offensive lineman, which has been a big uh, Achilles heel for LSU, and then he coached at Alabama for, I think, four or five years, and mm-hmm. got Cam Robinson to Alabama and some of these other guys, and has coached in the SEC. But once again, I think he's like Ed Ogeron. He's not a mind on either side of the ball. be more of a CEO type where the offensive coordinator and the defensive coordinator beneath him would play a big role. So, um, you know, and and then Matt Campbell has done a a very good job at Iowa State, but, you know, Mm -hmm. no SEC experience. I'd like to have a guy with some SEC experience, um, you know, getting his job.
1: Timeline. I mean, national signing date, December 15th. So it's obvious you want to have a coach hired before then, don't you?
2: Yeah, everything's fed up, uh, fed up, Kenny. I mean, I think like the Jerry Donardos of, you know, they were hired like in January. I mean, that cannot happen now. And, and that kind of eliminates the... The professional coaches too out there um, yeah. from from coming in unless they just leave their team like a Bobby Petrino. You know, I mean, I never forget Bobby yeah. Petrino. The Saints kicked his butt on Monday Night Football, and then Wednesday night or whatever he's doing, we'll pick Sui at Arkansas that week. Right. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I think National Signing Day is December fifteenth, the first National Signing Day. So I, you know, we're all talking over here. Uh, I don't know if it's right or wrong, but I would think. The Monday after the Texas A&M game or, or right after the Texas A&M game to close out the regular season, you need to name a coach and uh, and get him on the recruiting trail. And it's a long-term decision. It's not a short-term decision. But a Billy Napier, I think, would be a seamless transition in terms of getting him in, nailing down the recruiting class and, and moving forward. So, uh, But yeah, that's very, very important, especially this year with the Louisiana talent. I know Louisiana produces great talent every year, but this year with Walker Howard and Uh, Ben Bordelaw and Will Campbell and guys like that. uh, They really need to uh, nail these guys down.
1: You can follow him on Twitter at Jacques Doucet. Of course, if you're in Baton Rouge, watch WAFB. Jacques, listen, thank you for the time. Appreciate your patience and keep up the good work.
2: Kenny, anytime, man. Thanks for having me on.
1: You got it. Thank you, Jacques. Jacques Doucet. All right, we'll take a time out here. 504-260-1061. That's 260-1061 to join In the conversation when we return Hall of Fame award-winning sports writer Dan Shaughnessy on the Boston Globe will join us talk about his new book among other things which is when it lasted forever story of the Larry Bird Celtics we'll do that next when we continue with all access for a Wednesday night on 106.1 FM Nash Icon and at nashfm1061.com
2: inside New Orleans if it's New Orleans sports culture food inside new orleans with eric asher is talking about it We taste at four on 1061 nash icon and available online anytime at nashfm1061.com
3: hi welcome to furniture depot and you come on in yes, couches are up flying up, off the floor down. at cheyenne's furniture store Sarah, can you go over to dining sets please? she needs more sales associates before shoppers take their seats elsewhere somebody get me a price check on trundle bits? indeed can help her hire great people fast I need Indeed. Indeed you do. Instant Match instantly connects you with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your sponsored job description. Visit indeed.com slash credit and
4: get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. Dell's Black Friday event has arrived, and it's the perfect time to step up your creativity. With early access savings up to $300 off PCs, it's Dell's biggest sale of the year. Get more into what you're into with the latest XPS and Alienware systems featuring Intel Core processors. Save on top monitors, docks, and accessories, all with free shipping plus great financing from Dell Preferred Account. Call 800 by dell for Black Friday deals. That's 800 by dell
5: T'was the season of cheer and joy filled the town, except for Scrooge with his perma-frown. The gift of a Peloton bike touched his soul without doubt. When your workout's a joy, it's a joy to workout. This Black Friday, get the original Peloton bike at our best holiday price ever, $1,495. All access membership separate terms apply. See website for details.
2: Progressive Insurance is proud to support veterans with its annual Keys to Progress Vehicle Giveaway Program that helps veterans move their lives forward. This year marks nine years and more than 800 vehicles donated to assist veterans in need, providing independence to those who protect it. Learn more at keystoprogress.com.
4: This report is sponsored by Vicks VapoRub. When you needed your mom, she was always there with the Vicks VapoRub. Its soothing scent calmed you back then, and it still does today. Awaken those childhood memories with the care and comfort of Vicks Vapor Rub, trusted for generations.
1: I'm Ken Trahan. Welcome to your daily sports report presented by CrescentCitySports.com. The Pelicans announced Tuesday that Zion Williamson has been cleared to participate in contact drills beginning with one-on-one workouts and working toward team workouts. He's still rehabilitating from his fractured left foot. He'll undergo further imaging November 24th to determine his full availability. College basketball the University of New Orleans led at the half but lost to Northwestern 83-67 in Illinois in a game heard live on Nash Icon 1061 FM. Derek sainal had 27. 5th ranked Loyola remained unbeaten with a convincing 91 win at Spring Hill. Brandon Davis and Zach Reitzel each had 17 for the Wolfpack. Tulane plays at Florida State tonight. And of course the Pelicans are in action tonight against Miami to take on the Heat in Miami. The Saints return to practice today in preparation for Sunday's game at Philadelphia. Eagles are one and a half point favorite. And the day after Jimbo Fisher reiterated he wants to stay at Texas A&M, Lincoln Riley of Oklahoma downplayed the possibility of leaving for LSU, although he was vague in his answer about the question. Georgia, Alabama, Oregon, and Ohio State comprise the top four in the new college football top 25 playoff rank Cincinnati fifth, Michigan sixth. For these stories and more, visit crescentcitysports.com. Have a blessed day and be a good sport. For crescentcitysports.com, I'm Ken Trahan. The
5: IRS is ramping up collection, and if you owe back taxes or have years of unfiled tax returns, listen carefully before it's too late. Check your eligibility for the Fresh Start programs still offered by the IRS to reduce or even eliminate your tax problems. Call our special hotline number now and find out in minutes if you qualify for these life-changing debt reduction programs business or personal if you're in a payment plan with no end in sight have unfiled tax returns under audit have a wage or bank levy or finally just want to know your options call the experts at Republic Tax Relief and stop collections immediately A plus rated by the Better Business Bureau with a 5 star rating from Yelp this veteran owned company has the fight you need to take on the IRS don't go at it alone call their hotline number now 800-566-1336 that's 800-566-1336 Find out if you qualify today. Call 800 566 1336 or go to RepublicTaxRelief.com. Now's the time.
0: What's on your mind? Time to express your thoughts by calling Ken Trahan of CrescentCitiesports.com and all access on 1061 Nash Icon and at Nash FM 1061.com. Call 504 260 1061.
1: Apologize for the hoarseness again, but got to play hurt sometimes, right? Listen, a great read if you want to check it out, which we'll talk about when it lasted, wish it lasted forever, life with the Larry Bird Celtics. Of course, those of us that were around to watch that on a regular basis understand just how special those times were with the Celtics and the Lakers in particular. And the bad boys came along and then the Bulls followed that. So some great dynasties. And of course, he was around the Boston end of it from the beginning with Larry Bird in 1980. And of course, the championships that followed It's great to welcome an award-winning sports writer, uh, J.G. Taylor Spink Award winner from Major League Baseball, among other accomplishments, Dan Shaughnessy to the show. Dan, listen, thank you. Appreciate the time.
6: Thank you so much for having me. Nice to be here.
1: Well, listen, first and foremost, uh, you have written a whole bunch of books. I have read... Curse of the Bambino, so I'll, and I really enjoyed that, by the way. I did not read, I did not read Reversing the Curse. Got <laughs> <Okay. laughs> to get to that, but I did the first one. Now you, you're dealing with the basketball end of it, and clearly uh, this was inspired by what I thought. I mean, look, I'm in the same bracket you are age-wise. I thought those were the glory days. I mean, television. Yeah. I mean, I remember you know, Magic Johnson beating the 76ers, and it's on tape delay. You can't even watch the thing. And right. within a matter of a few years, this became a glamour game, largely thank to the Boston Celtics renaissance and, of course, the Los Angeles Lakers. Talk a little bit about that, if you will.
6: I think that's all true. I mean, I you know, we're all sitting around in the pandemic when there's no sports to talk about a year and a half ago and watching the last dance and seeing that 80s ball, 90s ball. And locally in Boston, they were showing Celtics classics because there was no games to broadcast. So watching the old Celtics in the 80s, and I was the beat reporter for the Boston Globe covering those Larry Bird Celtics when he was at the height of his powers, and and I started seeing my 28-year-old self sitting in court side next to the bench, and in those days, the NBA hadn't figured out to sell those seats for thousands of dollars. They let the lowly writers sit there, and there we were, and it was, like you say, a different league and a league that was much smaller, and there was no moat separating the players from us, they flew commercial. We, we flew with them. We were on the buses going to practice. Hotels, you know, mediocre hotels, I might add, holiday inns and whatnot. So mm-hmm. it was a different world and you could actually tell the readers, the fans, what the players were like. And that was a very interesting team, high-level team. Larry Bird, Kevin McHale, Robert Parrish, Dennis Johnson, that crew. And like you say, uh, the NBA was, you know, showing the finals on tape delay in the late 70s and Magic and Larry come in in 79 and and get the thing going, and the, the Bird Magic Celtic Laker Finals are like Allie Frazier 3, and uh, then Michael Jordan comes along in 84, and next thing you know, David Stern comes along, and they're, they're global, and the dream team, and it just takes off to what it is today, but those early days when the league was smaller, and we were really part of the team as we traveled around and covered them, and newspapers still mattered, and what we wrote in the papers mattered, uh, that was the team I was uh, close with, and this 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 book is sort of a love letter to those days when when the writers were part of it and the players were great, and the Celtics, of course, helped revive the league, like you say.
1: Well, when Bird arrived, of course, those of us here in Louisiana have a great affection for Pete Maravich, and it's a shame that he was on his last legs, literally, when he was in Boston and. He made the decision not to come back. It's a shame because he missed it by one year where he could have gotten even more recognition. Even though he's he's on the 75 you know, team that they just selected yeah. recently, uh, Maravich at his best was he was before his time, and he never got a chance to play for a good team.
6: Well, like Larry Bird, I mean, I grew up when I was in high school. Pistol Pete had it going, playing for his dad, Press, and LSU, and playing in the NIT and opening the, the new Madison Square Garden. Yeah, and I was all about that. And this guy can imagine how many points he would have scored A three point shot didn't even exist then, and just another level, and it was just a glamorous time to to have a college player like that. And then he ends up in the Boston Celtics at the end of his career after his period of greatness. and you know he was all about being healthy and carrying his own water and eating right and all that stuff. And I remember you know when he when he passed away, no one could believe it, and I greeted the Celtics at the airport and and broke the news to some of those guys, and Larry Bird couldn't believe it. It really crushed him because, like myself, Larry grew up at a time when Pistol Pete was—he was everything in basketball.
1: Yeah, special guy, and and uh, died way too young. All right, so it didn't take Bird very long to win uh, in Boston. Oh. Of course, you know when you talk about that front line, you know six nine, six ten, seven foot—all three guys. One could face the basket, make jumpers all day in Parish. Low post player in McHale that was maybe as good with low post moves as anybody that's ever played the game, and and a guy in Bird that was just a tremendous player. Great vision, good shooter, uh, could get his own shot, create for others, and, and that's not even mentioning, you know, Dennis Johnson, who was a great defender right. and could score, and Cedric Maxwell and such. Uh, that that just was a terrific team. That had to be a bunch of fun.
6: It was, and I don't even know how much uh, how far back you go with this ball in those days, because you know, Rick Roby was, went to Brother Martin High School in New yep. Orleans. and Good. He's a friend you know, of mine. Yep. He went to yep. University of Kentucky. And, you know, Larry had wanted to go to Kentucky, and he was a little bit put out that Joe B. Hall didn't think Larry would get a shot off in the SEC. And, of course, Rick goes there, and they win the national championship. And they end up being teammates for the first Celtic team that won the championship with Larry in 81. And Larry always called him footer because he thought he was listed at 6'11". But Larry's like, you're a seven-footer, you're a footer. So his mm-hmm. nickname to this day his footer with that crowd and um they got along famously and they ran together they drank together stayed up late at night and part of the mystery of of the dennis johnson trade you know was getting roby out of town to get away from larry so he could thrive and it it was it worked he not only brought in a hall of fame guard dennis johnson but got roby away from larry and and larry was mvp the first three years after rick roby was traded and to this day you know rick chuckles about that and He's the greatest. Of course, Larry's always teasing about getting bribes to go to Kentucky, and you know he never let that go. That because he was he was a little bit offended that Joe B. Hall did not want him as much as he wanted Rick Roby back in the day, and that stayed with him. And I remember, I don't know if you were there, but 1985, you know, Kevin McHale set the then Celtics scoring record for a single game, 56 points against the Pistons. Not easy to do in a franchise that had Sam Jones and Bill Russell and John Havlicek and all those guys, but. There it was, fifty-six points, and Larry said, "You shouldn't have come out of the game because you know I'm going to break that record pretty quick." And nine days later, we're at Lakefront Arena in New Orleans.
1: I Hawks was there. Yeah.
6: Yeah, there you go. You know, farming out games for you know, I think this guy Barry Mendelson was yep. guaranteeing a hundred thousand for the Hawks to play twelve games there, and correct. And I don't know if they wanted to be there or not, but we were there, and you know, not a big gym. There's a lot of Celtic fans there that night, and I was there, yep. and. They put us behind the Hawks bench, kind of elevated platform. We could see Fratello trying to rein his guys in. He was fighting with Brown and, and all the players, you know, you know Livingston and Carr and Eddie Johnson, they were all laughing and leaning into each other when Larry's making those shots. I think the I think the league fined him for kind of cheering for the wrong team. And uh, it was crazy. Larry gets the 60 and Stan Casting came into the locker room after the game with the game ball. And I think that's rattling around. Larry's one of his pickups somewhere now, but – it was a cool moment, and you know we stayed at the New Orleans uh, Hyatt next mm-hmm. to, the, Silver, next to the, the Superdome down there. And right. I remember going to the Lakefront Arena. I don't know, but you know the geography, but I tell you, the, the, the bus route took us right by Brother Martin. And um, Larry, he jumped up. He goes, that's where Footer got all them bribes to go to that's Kentucky. It. He was all excited about that and just had a grand old time that night in New Orleans. So a special part of Celtic history is right there at Lakefront Arena in New Orleans.
1: Yes, scored sixty. I covered the game, and and that yep. was that was a fun night for everybody. And yeah, Brother Martin High School is on Elysian Fields Avenue, which takes you right to the University of New Orleans. So there you go. Uh, that 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 certainly fits. Visiting with Dan Shaughnessy of the Boston Globe again. The book, and again, I, I want to talk more about it. Uh, it's all about uh, the the glory days of the Boston Celtics in the '80s. When it wished it lasted forever. The story of the Larry Bird Celtics. The one thing that Boston. Was able to do. They have the superstars, but they were always able to plug in those accessory pieces that fit well. I think of Scott Wedman. Of course, everybody knows about Walton. They always got those kind of guys uh, as supplemental guys that could give them depth and give them some punch, in particular off the bench.
6: Yeah, that was a Red Arback thing, and he knew the pieces that fit together. It always worked for him. I mean, the the old saying, you know, playing chess and they're all playing checkers, and that was really what Red was about. You know, just going back to getting Russell in here and winning 11 out of 13 and, and just assembling these teams, you know, you got, you got Havlicek in the last pick of the first round. He would get guys that had other options. You know, Havlicek was trying out for the Cleveland Browns and, you know, Larry Burr was drafted junior eligible and five teams didn't want to take that chance in case he didn't, he didn't sign and lose the, lose the top round pick. And Danny Ainge is a major league baseball player. Larry drafted, I mean, red drafted him in the second round and, you know, took a chance and trading Joe Barry Carroll to get in Kevin McHale and Robert Parrish and, and of course the Roby DJ thing. He 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 came away with a lot of players and he was a good deal maker. And as you say, a lot of it was the pieces that would fit. And I know when Bill Walton came here for his you know, his glory year at the end of his professional career, the end of his professional life, he was he was toast. He had been hurt so many years and mm-hmm. you know, got out of Clipper Jail and got himself to Boston and and ended up playing 80 games, the last, last gasp for Bill and for the greatest team of all time, in my view, the 85-86 Celtics, who went 50-1 and at home and just ran through the playoffs and killed everybody with five Hall of Famers and, and uh, just a team that I believe would translate into any era.
1: How much longer would Bird have played without the chronic back problems, and how much did that impact him over his last couple of years?
6: That was part of it. And, you know, having Len Bias get drafted after they won 86 and die of cocaine intoxication two days later, that set everybody back here because you had this great team and then you had the next generation coming along and a guy who would have spelled Bird, Mikhail Parrish, you know, front court player, young buck. And uh, they didn't have that. Next year, they're all limping around and McHale played with a broken foot in the finals. And it started to crumble around a little bit. And as you say, you know, Larry had the back issues and wasn't quite the same player and, you know, he had a good long career, but I think it was 13 years and hung it up in 92 after the the gold medal game and at the Olympics. And it was, uh, it felt like not quite enough, but I think it would have prolonged everybody if, if bias had been able to to come here and thrive.
1: With regard to the rivalry with the Lakers, it was spirited, sometimes mean spirited. There's a lot of hate there. You know, how special was that? and, And how real was the dislike amongst those organizations?
6: No, it's a really good point. I mean, I, again, the Celtics-Lakers, Larry Magic, that was like Ali Frazier. You know, it just it brought the NBA back, you know, just a, a crucial time because the league and you know, when Bird and Magic came in, you know, the finals were on tape delay and, you know, 17 out of 23 teams losing money and, you know, drug problems throughout. It was kind of a second-tier league. I mean, I was traveling, living with the team then, and we're staying in holiday ends, and it just wasn't the glamour and the moat and the special celebrity stuff that you got now. And uh, Larry and uh, Magic helped bring it back. And then, of course, Jordan comes in in 84, and Commissioner Stern came in and made it a global entity by the time he got around to the Dream Team in 92. So these years were important, and uh, nothing bigger than the Celtic Lakers thing in those mid-'80s because that really brought America back to the NBA and, and made the game prime time again.
1: Yeah, so many great players on both of those teams, which and there were different types of teams which made it – even more intriguing, and East Coast, West Coast, the whole, the whole thing worked extremely well. And then, of course, the Pistons came along, and I don't think anybody liked them outside of Detroit. I, I admired them because they were really good, but the way they played obviously they didn't endear themselves, uh, you know, with the, you know, with Lambier and Mahorn, and of course with Isaiah and his comments. But they were a hell of a team. They might have had an opportunity, or maybe should have won more than they won.
6: Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I think that. You know, it kind of speaks to the league then and the league now because, you know, these games end now and guys are all over hugging each other and talking about, let's get together and create a super team and you come to my town I'll go to your town. And that whole mentality, which, you know, LeBron kind of started with the with uh, the decision. But I can tell you, in the 80s, they hated each other. And uh, everything you say is true. And you wouldn't have seen that. You know, Larry Bird, he hated Lambeer so much. when He would make the All-Star team. Larry's always you know, voted a starter. And then, you know, the the subs get announced uh, a few days after that, the reserves. And as soon as Larry got named all-star starter, he'd come to the writers and say, you guys got to let me know who the subs are, because I'm hoping Lambeer's not going to make it this year. Because he would hate to go to that all-star weekend and, you know, have to get on the bus after practice and Bill Lambeer sitting in the front row of the bus saying, good morning, Larry. And Larry would say, go screw Bill. He didn't want any part of that.
1: Yeah, uh, I sense that to be the case with regard to – Jordan, do you see Jordan as the best player you've ever covered or seen, or do you see it a different way?
6: It's. In, I'm kind of a Will Chamberlain guy, going way, way mm-hmm. back in the day, a guy mm-hmm. that averaged 50 points a game and more yeah. than 48 minutes a game, and they changed rules for him. It was just a physical freak, and and uh, you know he didn't win as much as as you would like, but uh, that was something. And LeBron's carried it on in in a major way, playing at the level he plays at at his age. I mean, that's never mm-hmm. been done. So many miles and and all the teams he's won with. Um, You know, Jordan, I remember Larry. Larry was not one to blow smoke, but the first time Jordan played against the Celtics in 84, you know, Celtics beat them, kind of a pedestrian game at the Garden. Jordan lit it up, had a good night. He was going to be Rookie of the Year, and he was the new thing, the sneakers and the bomb and all that. But I didn't, I I wasn't, like, lit up by it. But Larry, he pulled me aside afterwards. He said, that guy's going to be the greatest player in the history of the league. I'm like, come on, you don't usually blow smoke. What are you doing? He's like, no, you wait. You wait and see. And, well, he ended up being right. It all happened.
1: Well, he's just a great two-way player. I don't know that there's anybody that that burned to win more than Jordan did, and Burr was right there with him, and I think that set him apart. And people that watched the series probably got a pretty good taste of that. In some cases, you might have hated the way he conducted himself, but I admired him because he just – he was going to win no matter what at all costs and have great admiration for that. Great times to cover sports in Boston, of course. I know you cover the Red Sox extensively and, and to see their history change dramatically over the past two decades has been uh, pleasurable and fun to watch. I mean, I'm a lifetime St. Louis Cardinals fan, so I appreciate the. the Those his- Larry Bird. <laughs> yeah, I, exactly. The history of baseball, and there's, there's none better than, yeah. you know, obviously the Yankees and the Cardinals, but the Red Sox are right there. Uh, with what they've accomplished most recently, in particular, and as long as they've been around. And then, of course, the NFL, which I know you didn't have a lot to do with, but the Patriots, their incredible run. Special times in the Boston area, right?
6: Yeah, we've had 12 championship parades in this century. You know, Pats won six, Red Sox four, Bruins and Celtics one each. And yep. they thought they had another one with that St. Louis Blues series a couple of years ago, but it didn't happen here. So it's been. You know, high renaissance of Boston sports here in this century, and we don't take that for granted because everybody, every region has their droughts, and we've had them, but this has been high times here.
1: Okay, I want people to find out about how to get on board with this book online, hard copy, everything you want to do so. Wish it lasted forever the story of the Larry Bird Celtics. Dan, tell everybody about how they can get involved in getting hold of this copy of this book.
6: Well, book was released yesterday. You go down to your Barnes and Noble, your local bookseller. You want to support those folks, and it should be there. It was released yesterday. If it's not, just pound your fist and say, "Get that book! Wish it lasted forever." Life by the Larry Bird, life with the Larry Bird Celtics. And absent that, you can always go online. Go to Amazon. Amazon, just just tee up. Wish it lasted forever. It'll come up, and and they'll deliver it. Oh man, those guys are fast. You get your book real quick.
1: Dan, really appreciate the time. Again, keep up the great work. It's been a pleasure. Uh, following your career and admiring what you've done. You hear?
6: Thank you so much. Enjoyed it. Take care.
1: My, my pleasure. You got it. Dan Shaughnessy, outstanding sports writer. Great book. You need to check it out. I know I'll be reading the whole thing shortly. Wish it lasted forever. Story of the Larry Bird Celtics. 260 1061, a brief time out. Update you on the Pelicans when we return in a moment here on 1061 FM, Nash Icon. Family owned and operated by a great local family, Bergeron Automotive at 3525 Veterans Boulevard in Metairie has the right vehicle at the right price at precisely the right time for you. From outstanding newly designed 2021 Dodge, Jeep, Ram, or Chrysler products, Bergeron Automotive has what you are looking for. Check out our expansive inventory at bergeronchryslerjeep.com or call 504-321-4217.
3: To experience our idea of luxury, visit Bergeron Volvo on Vets in Metairie or online at bergeronvolvo.com. Today.
7: Vicks NyQuil Severe tackles your worst cold and flu symptoms. Changing this <coughs> into this. NyQuil Severe. The nighttime sniffling, sneezing, coughing, sore throat, stuffy head, aching fever, best sleep with a cold. Medicine. Uses directed.
5: Country music sensation Parker McCollum is bringing live music back to New Orleans. Friday, March 11th at the Fillmore.
2: Parker McCollum.
5: Parker Tickets are on sale now at Ticketmaster.com. You're Don't miss Parker McCollum. Live at the Fillmore in New Orleans, Friday, March 11th. IRS is ramping up collection, and if you owe back taxes or have years of unfiled tax returns, listen carefully. Before it's too late, check your eligibility for the Fresh Start program still offered by the IRS to reduce or even eliminate your tax problems. Call our special hotline number now and find out in minutes if you qualify for these life-changing debt reduction programs. Business or personal, if you're in a payment plan with no end in sight, have unfiled tax returns, under audit, have a wage or bank levy, or finally just want to know your options, Call the experts at Republic Tax Relief and stop collections immediately. A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau. With a five-star rating from Yelp, this veteran-owned company has the fight you need to take on the IRS. Don't go at it alone. Call their hotline number now, 800-566-1336. That's 800-566-1336. Find out if you qualify today. Call 800-566-1336 or go to republictaxrelief.com.
3: This report is sponsored by Wendy's. Right now at Wendy's, see why everyone is raving about their brand new fries. Natural cut, skin on with a hint of sea salt, and guaranteed to be hot and crispy or they'll replace them. You know, the way fries should be. Try Wendy's guaranteed hot and crispy fries today at participating U.S. Wendy's.
5: This is Josh Danzig with Where You At Magazine and WhereYouAt.com with your weekend picks for 1061 Nash Icon, presented by Wild Turkey. Looking for a spot to watch the Saints take on the Eagles? Head to Manning Sports Bar & Grill this Sunday at noon for delicious food and drink specials. Then stay down on Fulton Street and catch great stand-up comedy at the Fillmore above Harris with Daniel Sloss performing live at 730. For more info on what to do this weekend, log on to whereyat.com and click on the community calendar. And be sure to pick up the new November bar guide issue of Where You At Magazine in locations all over town. Cumulus New Orleans, incredible service and excellent results. New Orleans is always number one with Cumulus Radio and digital. DA Exterminating is proud to be locally owned and serving Louisiana's Gulf South for over 60 years. If you want a fast response and great service, call DA now on the North Shore and in Metairie, or you can visit us online at daexterminating.com. Traffic is brought to you by DA Exterminating, proud to be locally owned and serving over 60 years.
0: This is where you get all access, not just the focus on one or two topics. All sports are on the table with your calls at all times. Join us now by calling 260-1061. Now back to Ken Trahan on 1061 Nash Icon, through CrescentCitySports.com, and at NashFM1061.com.
1: Well, The New Orleans Pelicans are off to a good start. At Miami leading 17-8, as they play with 630 to play in the first quarter. Nikhil Alexander Walker has really gone off early. He's taken three shots, all from three point range and he's made all three. But he's got 9 points to lead the way for the Pelicans. It's an opportunity for New Orleans. Miami's missing some key players tonight including Bam Adebayo. So you got to take advantage when the opportunity presents itself. And the Pelicans off to a good start. Have yeah, Miami leading 17 to 8. 627 left to play in the first quarter. Of that game, of course, New Orleans 2 and 13 on the year. Zion Williams in his back at least working out, cleared to do that. When he plays, that's another story. What's he going to look like? That's another story. What's the record of the team going to be? That's another story. Stay tuned, where all of that is concerned. Two six zero one zero six one. That's two six zero one zero six one. If you'd like to join in the conversation, we'll take one more time out. Memory return. We'll get you updated on the Saints. And what's happening? Not the prettiest picture being painted, at least at this point, heading into their game at Philadelphia. As we continue with all access on 1061 FM NASH ICON and at NASHFM1061.com
5: hate checking your mailbox because you owe money to the irs stop pretending it'll magically go away the irs can garnish your paycheck levy your bank accounts even take your home or business scary stuff thankfully there's a new way to get right with the irs it's called the taxpayer relief initiative an irs program created specifically to help taxpayers struggling due to the pandemic this powerful program provides new more flexible options that can make resolving your tax problems easier if you qualify it could save you money no Nobody knows this program like America's number one tax relief firm, Optima Tax Relief. Optima will stand between you and the IRS, fighting to help stop aggressive collection actions and helping to protect your assets. Don't wait till it's too late. Call Optima now for a free consultation.
0: Call 800-845-8122. 800-845-8122. 800-845-8122. Optima Tax Relief. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com.
3: Hi, welcome to Furniture Depot. And you, come on in. Yes. Couches oh, are flying off the floor setting. at Cheyenne's yes. Furniture please. Store. Sarah, can you go over to dining sets, please? She needs more sales associates before shoppers take their seats elsewhere. Can somebody, get me a price check on trundle beds. Indeed, can help her hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. Instant Match instantly connects you with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your sponsored job description. Visit indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply.
4: Dell's Black Friday event has arrived, and it's the perfect time to step up your creativity. With early access savings up to $300 off PCs, it's Dell's biggest sale of the year. Get more into what you're into with the latest XPS and Alienware systems featuring Intel Core processors. Save on top monitors, docks, and accessories, all with free shipping plus great financing from Dell Preferred Account. Call 800 by dell for Black Friday deals. That's 800 by dell
7: What's all the buzz about nasal irrigation and navage, navage, nevage? And should I try it? Here's the science. Airborne germs invade through your nose. It's the body's air filter for trapping allergens and viruses. When your nose gets clogged, it's less effective and germs multiply. Eventually, your immune system can get overwhelmed and you get sick. Nasal irrigation is an effective, all-natural way to clean your nose. It's not a drug. It's more like plumbing. Saline goes in one nostril, around the back of the nose, and out the other nostril, flushing out mucus and germs. I'm Martin Hoke, and I invented Navage to make cleaning your nose easy. It's the world's only nose cleaner with powered suction. Navage pulls out the bad stuff, so you can breathe better, sleep deeper, snore less, and feel healthier. At Walgreens, CVS, Rite Aid, Target, Bed Bath, and Walmart, or go to Navage.com for a free gift with purchase. Over two million sold. Navage, N-A-V-A-G-E, clean nose, healthy life. Always welcoming intelligent points
0: of view, whether we agree
7: or disagree. Let's
0: have constructive dialogue on all access with Ken Trahan on 106.1 FM Nash Icon at NashFM1061.com and through CrescentCitySports.com. Give us a call at 504-260-1061.
1: 3-13 to play in the first quarter. Pelicans have doubled up Miami 26-13, playing very well early in that one. The Saints' injury report not good. Alvin Kamara back on a limited basis with his knee injury, which is good. But both starting tackles out today. Ryan Ramchick, knee. Teron Armstead, knee, shoulder. In addition, Taysom Hill, out, foot. That's a real concern. Ty Montgomery, out, hand injury. Tano Passagnac, out.